0: Hello and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today I am a snuggle in the... Los Angeles cold, boy. It is lovely and cold and cozy. It was cozy. Nice and chilly. Oh, it's so rare that we get a cold day and, like, people out there, it's in the 60s. It's frigid. <laughs> We're all going to die. Icy. It's icy. The has a sweater hus- on. dinosaurs are roaming the streets. Dinner has a sweater <laughs> and a hat on.
1: I also have a St. Bernard with a big barrel under its chin <laughs> waiting outside Just so like to breathing. escort me back to my car.
0: <laughs> Through the frozen tundra. <laughs> I could actually see my breath outside last night.
2: That's true. <laughs> I played soccer the other night, and we were all steaming in the cold air. Wow! Just you could just see steam rising off everybody. Yeah,
0: it's it's amazing. That 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 sounds ha- like a calendar poster waiting to happen. It's <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> that we have numbers that go that low on the thermometer. I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub, and today I'm a. I know, I'm a little cinnamon bun boy. <laughs> cinnamon bun. Yes, a, you are, baby. In a sweater with a little <laughs> mug of cocoa and little cinnamon uh, <laughs> uh, ear muffs. Uh, but, but well, the kind, kind of Princess <laughs> Leia
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> it's all cinnamon. All the way, all the way all down. Way down. <laughs> Most of them have a sticky enough bottom where you really could just slap it on the side of your head. No, his bottom is not sticky.
2: Buns, as far as the eye can see. Uh, my name is Michael, I am a chaser, and today I am uh, the largest uh, chestnut coffee from Starbucks, Starbucks coffee boy, because I am, I am just so very tired, oh. and I, I didn't go for the grande, I went for the venti.
0: Is and, it chestnut or hazelnut?
2: Uh, it's chestnut, because, really? of, because holiday. Everyone it's, loves a good chestnut. I, I'm not sure if I would recognize <laughs> the flavor that's, of
1: chestnut added oh, to you can. Else. That's
0: That's what I'm thinking, like, okay, what is it really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure a it's a flavoring. Flavor. I don't it's think
2: it's yeah. literal chestnuts ground into my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would <laughs> buy it if it were.
0: <laughs> that sounds disgusting. I'm like, can you imagine if it actually like, tasted like the thing it's named for? Well, it tasted like <laughs> it can be,
2: but actually having ground nuts in your coffee, that's disgusting.
1: Either. My name's Don, and today I am a chaste, chubby guy. Why not? Chaste.
2: Chaste yes. as in C H A S T E. Or chases and c h a s e d. Oh, I guess
1: it depends on how the week goes. <laughs> 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 the two very different <laughs> answers. Too very... too much spelling. <laughs> Wish me a happy holidays, gentlemen. That's h o
0: l. No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know. Uh, I know. As usual, we want to thank our our patrons. Our lovely That's right. patrons. Thank you. Give patrons. them little. I don't know. Night before Christmas, all tucked in the bed, kissing mm-hmm. their little foreheads. heads kiss goodnight, night like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Best. Can you do the again? I just want to hear the gun. Very nice.
2: <laughs> Thank you, patrons.
3: They all have a, their special Patreon candy cane that's really long,
0: and they're all like holding. <laughs> I it. was just thinking that. I was thinking that, and then sliding it out. Whoa! <laughs> no. oh whoa, my. whoa! Whoa! whoa. Damn. Oh, Hello, have you not seen that cartoon? Um, no. What's he slides no, the candy watching? cane out of their hand. The Grinch. The Grinch. Oh! Oh, please, people. You said it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Apparently, some I'm with people love this one. Some people yeah, don't. I know. think everyone Grinch.
3: needs to give Dan a little, uh, <laughs> little round of applause for having a pop culture thing. Thank you,
2: and knowing it and referencing it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Thank you very much. I made it. I made it to a sound effect. There are everybody. times
1: I definitely think of Dan as being our resident Captain America. Of just like I got that reference exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's so
2: mean.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, Patreon, um, I think we have some, uh, the last cutting room floor is especially good. <laughs> There's uh, a think. lot of them. Um, <laughs> we have a uh, another cooking mini-sode coming up this month,
2: That's appetizer right. theme. Appetizers for your holiday party. Yeah. Um, we, so yeah. So we have the mini-sode coming up, and uh, we're also watching the last holiday. Uh, the romantic comedy film starring Queen Latifah, which is Dan's favorite, favorite movie. my
0: well, no, favorite holiday it's movie. It's my favorite holiday movie because it's in a class of one. Yeah, I have one favorite holiday I have one holiday movie and it's my favorite. That's it's interesting.
3: See, I'm afraid now that maybe you actually don't like it. And it was just like a <laughs> fluke of one year. You're just like, can we watch it again?
1: Well, I mean, the big question <laughs> is, have you seen it more than once? Yes. Okay, then we're good. Okay.
2: Well, anyway, we're going to watch that for our next episode coming out uh, towards the end of December. Uh, so, so if you want 21st. To, 21st, yes. Thank you for having that date, because I definitely don't. Um, so if you want to join us in the shenanigans, feel free. Uh, we're going to be doing that soon, and I think that's all of the house housekeeping. Yeah. So we move on? Move on. Into... Oh,
3: mailbag. You know, I so there was... Just, I'm hoping this isn't cutting room floor, but I just, I can get through this quick, Michael. I promise. Okay, go, go, go. There was a very sassy thing on Twitter about like podcasts, having different music for different sections. And like, if you're a real podcast artist, you don't need section music. I'm sorry. Did they say oh, podcast
2: artists? <laughs>
3: I didn't say podcast artist, but I don't know. Like the, if it's a, like if you're good, you don't need, um, uh-huh. music for sections. But I started listening to Carla Lolly music's, uh, and, and the other co-host whose name is escaping me podcast and they have music for every section and it is very fun <laughs> and i love it and it just proves to me that we are making the right choice by having lots of fun music in our podcast
1: i stand by it
2: yeah i music i mean you can overuse it sure and i think sound effects you can overuse too which is why that's totally the reason why i don't use them all the time <laughs> it's not that i don't it's not we're that not that a morning
1: drive show
2: yeah but it's just gonna it's gonna it can't be the point Yep. Anyway, so the point of this is that we have a mailbag. That's what that song is. I remember
1: Sorry, that. I because we have dozens of listeners that are like, you need more slag whistle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God. That's much better. Mailbag. It's anyway. Be hello oh,
0: right. You can't whistle.
2: I forgot. No, I can't. Oh, poor Dan. No. You can do lots of other interesting things. <laughs> I can. <laughs> There's that, that <laughs> happy morning attitude that we've been missing. Uh, mailbag. <laughs> I'm going to dive in. Uh, Mailbag. Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. Hello. I wanted to chime in regarding the straight size discourse from a couple episodes ago. As a chaser, I don't know that I have a preferred term for my body type, but I do agree with Don regarding the straight size. It feels like it could be very easily misconstrued. Straight, having a more commonly understood meaning, lends to confusion in my opinion, not just from misunderstanding the term, but also if it is misheard. This disparity uh, with everyday talk makes it feel like a clunky academic term to me as well. Regards, Josh. P.S. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with this. S the uh, I'm going to just interpret this. The artist SZA uh, is pronounced SZA, like I'm guessing RZA and GZA from Mutang. I don't. I don't know the answers to <laughs> these questions. The listener seems
3: to. I, I know Rizzo is
1: yeah. pronounced Rizzo. That much, I, that much, I do know.
3: So uh, we got another SZA. message uh, from someone laugh, like being like, "Oh, I hear how you pronounce Siza so on <laughs> the last podcast episode." I am from the Midwest. I ha- I grew up with the speech impediment. I do not take any um. Gosh. I don't know <laughs> for mispronouncing things because because you, you eat pasta,
2: <laughs> pasta. I can finally say. Bethesda. That's true. That's true. That has been, that, yeah. Yeah, that's. Anyway, so the substance of this mailbag <laughs> Um discourse around this term, I stand by what I said. I don't think it's confusing, but I suppose
0: I don't. I don't, it I don't think it's confusing. What I do agree with is that the sort of in versus out political thing of like, it sounds like jargon. And I struggled with that so much when I was writing the book because like, okay, there is a better word for this, but nobody uses it. What is the better word for um, well, it, there was, there were a lot of words like that, but the, the point is that like, you don't want to sound jargony, mm-hmm. but, but sometimes the, 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 word everyone else is using is like, uh, I, well, sorry, like I you mean, wanna, cause you don't want to say normal size is my point. I, here. I yeah. think it
3: also, um, just when you're talking about these things, know your audience and who's on the receiving end where yeah. like, if you like. I don't, I would not, I, and I don't think I have used the word straight size with my mom. Exactly. Because she, my mom is definitely someone who would be like, but
1: (laughs) size, are you gay size? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Um, But I think. I mean, what do you just say? Do you say normal clothes or something like that? Or um, like what's the, the alternatives seem so much worse. I would say,
3: and I would, I think in my case, I would say like thinner people.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but if you're,
3: okay. And if you're referring to clothing or so, uh, thinner or smaller, smaller mm-hmm. is probably how I would go. Or just like non, uh, for clothing, I would say probably like non plus clothing.
0: I mean, I would love to say non fat, but that sounds like I'm talking dairy products.
2: <laughs> Low fat. <laughs> well, I think I non-fat, need a non fat hoodie.
0: Skim sized. <laughs> yeah. You need a non fat
3: hoodie. Yeah. 2% clothing. Yeah. You need a
0: non fat hoodie to enjoy your oat milk latte. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I'm a fan of that heavy cream. <laughs> Ooh, you need that. I think it's actually like that ultra-pasteurized heavy (laughs) Heavy whipping Heavy whipping
1: cream. (laughs) (laughs) You can only get from
3: restaurant supply
0: stores.
3: (laughs)
2: There we go. Yes.
0: I was trying. I made it. Um, I was a true podcast artiste by making the sound effect in my mouth.
2: That's right, except for the slide whistle.
0: (laughs) I did that in my mouth. You kind of did. I didn't do it in my lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, anyway, yeah. Don, um, what do you think? You were the one that the listener agreed with.
1: Yeah, I stand by initials, my initial statement. Um, if if a word makes you pause even for a millisecond to make it make sense to you, um, you're, you're you're being thrown out of the conversation. Right? Is mm-hmm. is there? So. I agree
0: with you, and that's mm-hmm. certainly like like when I was writing my book, that was certainly topmost of mind. However, is there value in changing the vocabulary to change the conversation about something.
2: That's what I was going for personally.
1: I understand what you're saying, but I, I feel like the discussion we're having here about the word is it's a distraction. The fact that we are discussing it <laughs> is a distraction from what it should serve. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree with that, uh, but is the, so,
0: but, but what my counter is, isn't the distraction worth it if it's changing the way people think about fat, for example, because you don't want
1: to leave people with, well, you know, normal sized clothing. Or normal-sized people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think straight is a word that makes me think that way. I okay. think mainstream would be. Ah, okay, or okay, in, okay. You know,
0: well, I'm struggling for an alternative, because I don't disagree yeah. with you, but I can't come up with something better.
1: Yeah, straight has too many connotations that are insta-recognized as something else, so I have to translate it to what you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which means by the time I've done that, you're already halfway into the next word,
0: yeah, you know, no, and you're, you're I'm right.
1: no longer on board. And now, you know? yeah, you're in your head about it, and
0: you're not listening, Yeah.
1: But uh, as an aside, thank you for the letter. And yeah. we've been getting a lot more letters in the mailbag lately. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a little
2: behind, actually. Yeah, yes. I, just,
1: I just wanted to say thank you for people for writing in. I really appreciate that.
2: Mm-hmm. So Except we, for the spam messages. Those suck. <laughs> yeah. So with, uh,
1: <laughs> with SZA and learning how to pronounce them, I feel like we're maybe transitioning into pop culture very smoothly there. Oh,
2: that's entirely possible. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, God! It's so loud. I always forget that that cue is louder than every other. I
1: will one. never forget that eagle during <laughs> Vegas. That <just> was <laughs> into the room.
0: Oh yeah, the screaming eagles of. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh yeah, good. you got to see Trevor's jazz hands. Yeah, I like the habit. jazz hands, and also <laughs> yeah. I like
3: that like it's trumpety. It kind of makes me think of like. <laughs> uh, a really good like meaty file from the nineties, <laughs> and also a little bit of a like an elephant or a fart. It's uh, yeah, it can be a
0: lot of things. It, it could be happy. <laughs> it could be sad. And here I was thinking about the musical Gypsy and the horn solo. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to come back to farts with me, Dan. You
3: got uh, it because
0: I married a six-year-old.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, you as a three-year-old, <laughs> <trying to stand> <laughs> <live>. <laughs> I can't
0: reach. I can't reach. <laughs>
2: Um, what do we got first? Somebody, somebody get us started. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> Mashable.com. Oh yeah, I like this. Um, we have an article by Darshita Goyal, mm-hmm. uh, entitled, Entertainment Seats Have a Plus Size Problem and It's Time We Address It.
0: Thank you. It is. Yeah. yeah. Theaters,
2: One. theaters, get your shit together. Seating sizes. Well, I
0: mean, cinemas are, are doing the thing with a lift up armrest, which I think is a pretty, pretty good solution. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Yeah. And we're Uh,
2: talking about uh, like plays, like theaters.
0: Yeah. um, I I don't, it'd be so one, the problem is that these theater seats were invented in the twenties and they haven't changed since
1: Um, I always, or earlier than that if you're in the
0: UK, Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, when I was living in New York and stop me if I've said this on the podcast before, uh, Disney bought, no, (laughs) sorry, keep going. (laughs) Disney bought the new Amsterdam, uh, Amsterdam theater. Yep. Right. Uh, Which was this sort of, glorious flagship theater from the days of vaudeville, mm-hmm. right? And they renovated the crap out of it in the most beautiful way. They authentically restored all of the fixtures, and then they authentically restored all of the seats. Yes, mm-hmm. some of them are 12 inches wide. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, It's one of the few times I've been to a theater where I was physically in pain yeah. when I left. Oh, you know, right? yeah. Um, well, I even, you know, I remember I went to
0: Carnegie Hall and I was, I was kind of high up. Yeah. But cause just Carnegie Hall is Carnegie Hall, but I, my knees were touching the seat in front of me. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. At one point, I had to get up halfway through the concert just because I couldn't stand my knees being bent like that yeah. any longer.
1: But it's—I mean, this is a really legit issue. Yeah, in in theater spaces and in. I will say Play that, theaters, that I don't know what it's called. It. Yeah. Broadway
0: Broadway has been really good about accommodating this if you look. I think yeah. what's slower mm-hmm. to happen is some of the uh, uh publicly funded theaters uh because well they get the you know th- 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 everything is driven by box office that's true. But I think we've had to work so much harder on the West Coast to get accommodating theater seats whereas Broadway I've been astonished mm-hmm. by the number of like for example those theater seats that you're talking about Don yeah. We went to see Hades Town, and I put Trevor on the aisle, and the usher came by and lifted up the armrest, like took it off the mm.
1: chair. Oh, yeah. so he was on the oh, aisle with wonderful. no armrest, which nice. was a marvelous solution. See, mm-hmm. now I've seen a couple theaters where what their solution was, I was not happy with, mm-hmm. where they replaced a certain number of seats in the theater with larger seats, which to me, like, yes, it is a fix but it now requires like, hi, do you have any of the fatty seats available? Yeah. Mm. Oh, look, you sold a fat seat to a thin person. Do I ask them to trade? Well, you know, it's funny because the,
0: the the theater has, so we just went through this. We bought season tickets for the taper or not the taper, but the, the taper and the Amundsen and the, um,
3: Kirk Douglas. Douglas, the
0: Kirk Douglas, which is all sold through center theater group. So it's the same box office servicing all these different venues. And, I had a long back and forth because, you know, when you're buying season seats, you don't pick your seat, right? Mm -hmm. You just sort of throw your mystery on the box office and they guarantee you because you're booking early, you'll get great seats. But there was no way for me to indicate that I needed accessible seating. Mm -hmm. And whenever you say accessible seating, they assume, oh, you're in a wheelchair. You're going to bring your own seat
2: yeah which yeah.
0: is also not the case and so there's a I, there was a large back and forth between me and the box office about how to do this and this is even a theater that has on the website the section for plus size patrons mm-hmm. like they 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 know this is a thing mm-hmm. what it says is call the box office right which okay so i'm not going to book online and to be fair the reason they don't put it online is because they have so many different options for different venues for different shows mm-hmm. That it's just actually more efficient of them to transmit the information like in a phone call for what you need Mm -hmm. rather than you're guessing what they have.
3: Well, and then even when you do this, so, you know, we saw some shows last week um, and I I documented this on Instagram. I'll link those posts. But, you know, so we saw a show at the Amundsen and it was great. They removed some seats and placed two chairs that.
0: Beautifully huge chairs that match the other chairs.
3: Yes. so. So like. 100% hundred percent perfect, like yes, this is how you do it. And then at the Kirk Douglas, it was a little bit less um organized and
0: well no uh, ha,
3: in, tell him what tell them what you got. Yeah. It, so it, it, um there there was some miscommunication between booking and the house management. And they were really they yeah. worked so hard to figure out a solution, which in this case was um two rehearsal blocks kind of pushed together into a bench, which there were a few people who on my post were like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Like it actually worked out great.
0: I as I said in my email to them later, it's like not ideal, but perfectly workable. Yeah.
3: And be- they offered they offered cushions. I was like, just given that like it's gonna be two things pushed together and like I don't want to be sliding around on the cushions or trying to like adjust them and then moving the boxes around. They also, um, after they set that up, were like figuring out how to take the arms off of an office chair in their office. Yeah, they um, were
0: they were so hmm. bending over backwards. And what I felt bad about was that they only found, we arrived at the theater extra early because we know this is what happens. Hmm. And uh, there's a, a break in communication between the box office that takes the order and the venue that has to implement it. Because if you think about it, you're communicating electronically with a box office and then two or three months later on a particular night, the house management has to implement this instruction. Mm-hmm. And so that is a very difficult, inst- one, you have to keep it in existence, like you have to have to remember it. And two, it has to get executed. So it's it's actually a lot of flipping and flying. I will say the best experience we ever had was New York booking Broadway, Ticketmaster, or whoever it was. I don't, I don't remember the other big one. They're really great about, here's the handicapped seating. In one case, they even alerted the theater to call us back so that this would happen correctly. Yes. Um, just because I think there's a lot more money at stake and they want to make people happy.
2: So for me, uh, having done a few shows in Boston with Boston Game Men's Chorus, we have Jordan Hall, um, which is at the Boston Conservatory. It is a smaller hall, um, f- but old, very legendary acoustically for choruses. And their only solution, because they have the exact same thing, like they have to keep their seats you know, historically accurate, even though they've renovated the place, the seats are still like 14 inches wide. And uh, so their solution is to have a small sort of stanchioned off area for accessible seating where you can either roll in if you need a wheelchair or they'll bring in larger seats for you, Um, which is an okay solution. But you are stuck at the back of the hall where the worst acoustics are. That's why
0: we don't go to the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion to see opera because
2: the accessible seating is all the way in the back. It's Mm -hmm. all the way in the back.
0: It's like, why bother? I'll see it on television.
2: Symphony Hall, however, has a different solution. They And granted, I don't know, they have two different seating setups. One of them is what they call Pops style, because the Boston Pops, where on the ground floor in the orchestra, you have tables, like round tables with, I think, five seats for each table. Mm-hmm. And it is packed. Like yeah. you can imagine there is no walking room. Like there's aisles and, you know, going forward and back. But then once you have to walk off the aisle into the tables, you're screwed. And so their accessible seating is at the back of the orchestra at regular tables, but they'll bring in a different chair for you, or no chair at all if you don't need it, um, including a you know more reinforced because they have folding chairs.
0: When there. you say back of the orchestra, you mean like where the auditorium doors are?
2: No, no, no. So there's the orchestra section, which is the first half and then they have the oh, back Oh, they, they
0: have a loge. Okay.
2: Yeah, and so they ha- and they have an aisle sort of um, bifurcating the two, and mm-hmm. then at the back of the first half. So it's decent seating. Yeah, that's not it's, bad. It's totally decent.
0: That's what we had at the taper. That's, it's, it's great. Yeah.
2: yeah, and you get the room of the two aisles, yeah. both behind you and to your side, where you could actually get a little bit more elbow room. But it's not for a lot of, like, yeah. it's not a great solution. It's mm-hmm. still, and they're still folding chairs. You have to ask Ooh. for, you, mean, can you can get better chairs.
1: You can see with movie theaters, where they are replacing these things aggressively right now, they still haven't achieved this thing. Theater spaces tend to work with less money. They tend to be trying to think in terms of restoring something that's been there a long term. Often. Yeah. Like we we it begs a little more patience on our part for these long-term standing theaters to help them, help them realize the problem and help them correct it. I will say this. This is my final little sign-off commercial.
0: Uh, chasers, this is your job. So you want to take mm-hmm. a chub out on the town. You got to make sure they're accommodated. Don't make them do this. Don't make them suffer through this. Just handle it for them. It's your fucking job.
2: <laughs> Chivalry <Agreed>. lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, onto something a little more, a little more fun, a, a little more fun, lighthearted. Seasonal. Some. I realized I jumped the gun on our pop culture. This is not the order Trevor had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I opened it on my phone early, but anyway, SNL, Yes. Came uh-huh. out oh yes! If you're a chaser, you've probably seen this already <laughs> many, many times. Many, many times. <laughs> many, many times. Many, many times. <laughs> we'll probably, I'll probably play a little clip of it just so people can get the vibes. Winter has arrived, y'all. Temperatures dropping, and you know what that means? It's cuffing season.
0: That time of year when we find a man to keep us warm through these cold months. But not just any man will do. That's right. We out here looking for some big
1: boys.
3: Two weeks ago when this came out, SNL had a song called Big Boys featuring um,
0: Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. SZA,
3: Yeah, SZA, And uh, that's Sicily Strong, Ego
2: Noadim, um, and Punky Johnson. About cuffing season, um, it's a whole music video about how you know if you're gonna go if you're gonna participate in cuffing season, find a fat guy because yeah. they're so much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll keep you warm. Mm-hmm. I do like that they just come out and say like hey, like you're gonna have sex and he'll rock your world. Mm-hmm. Like they don't shy away from that either. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got big boy dancers. Oh yeah. Oh, the yeah. Song. oh, oh, oh I was yes, too. This is actually a
3: time when I will. Okay, when I looked at the comments it was Mm. actually pretty wholesome and like the dancer guys were like oh my god i'm one of the dancers i'm like this was such a dream come true thank you it's wonderful um it's (laughs) it's very fun it's i like the the joke about um the snoring
1: (laughs) 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 he's he's
3: snoring, and then he
2: stops is he dead
0: yeah
2: yeah Uh, no um, that is i have (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that yeah. he's very not re- dead it's very relatable. Not, he's not dead it's just apt it'll start again mm. in a moment <laughs>
3: <Nah>. <laughs> we're in first class cause he don't fit in the back <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. yep yep well cause he's gonna treat you right he's gonna mm-hmm. get you first class tickets that's right cause <laughs> his fat ass won't fit in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's delightful I've heard from a number of chasers who are just obsessed with it mm-hmm. Um, I can see why part of me is a little bit like, yeah, and then you, you know, dump them once the springtime comes. But whatever, I guess mm. we'll take what we can
0: get. Well, beach body season. Come on, <laughs> beach <body> season, Michael.
2: <laughs> exactly. Then you have to get your token hot guy uh, boyfriend. Yeah,
0: then you take your ab boy to the beach, yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't the point of the song. Yeah. The no, point no, of the song all, was,
2: very, was, was very wholesome and mm. delightful and sexy and fun, and you should, you should listen to the whole thing. And watch the video. Yeah. It's very much worth watching. Uh, oh, yeah.
3: it's a I have, And I have to say, they nailed it with, you know, uh, shoveling the snow
2: in shorts.
1: Uh, <laughs> as a form yeah. of that the has to be it was so, con, yeah. uh,
2: like a uh, <laughs> Midwest, Midwest, <yeah>. northern Midwest. <laughs> North. but
1: I can confirm in New England, I've been there once or twice. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fat guy's shoveling shit. snow in the shorts. I mean,
2: shorts, you yeah. that is a full-blown workout. Shoveling snow is fucking difficult. Mm. That shit is heavier than you think it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my God, is it?
2: All right. Well, I think that's I mean, that's our cue, isn't it? Yeah. Let's go. <gasps>
1: Here we go. Uh,
2: take my hands, children. <laughs> 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 and we'll fly together. <laughs> All the way across <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean. To where? With Guy Branham. Yay. Yes. To, France. To, to France, right? France. La France.
0: La France profonde. Um, <laughs> La France France. So, it's... <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's here, it happened, people. The the whale is officially out. Oh
2: god. And we, for, for not, people who don't know me, yeah. if it's possible, the whale is the movie yes. based on the book about no, no, based on no, no, the play. Oh sorry, based on the play about a super super fat gay man who's stuck yeah. at home eating fried chicken and masturbating himself to death. Yeah. That's the now That's a, yeah. the movie Darren Aronofsky made with Brendan Fraser in a giant, giant, fat suit is now out. And Guy Branum's response to this was wonderful. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's been a few other
3: things. Uh, uh, Guy Branum wrote a piece about it. Uh, Daniel Franzese
1: from uh, mm. Mean
3: Girls wrote a piece about it. Yeah, both um, gay fat comedians. Yeah, uh, Aubrey Gordon. L- lots of stuff. Weird, I just I don't want to talk about it. But I ha- but read, even their, stuff, read out, their stuff. Read their stuff. Wanted to cover Guy Branham's response to this, mm-hmm. which was taking a copy of the play, because he he read the play and he he brought it with him to France to give <laughs> Charlie an experience of uh, you know, Guy Branham as
2: a fat gay man wanted to give this character, to... Oh, character. Can I can I read what he said yeah. in his post? This is how Guy Branham puts it. Uh, in his sort of travelogue post, he says, when I heard Aronofsky was going to make a movie about a very fat gay guy starring Brendan Fraser in a fat suit, I got concerned. I bought the play. It was based on to see what it was about. Part of me hoped it might be good, insightful about a life like mine and said it was a sad, pathetic story of a sad, pathetic man. I got sad for the main character, Charlie, and how little the author's imagination offered his life trapped in a bad apartment, eating fried chicken endlessly. So I decided to imagine more for Charlie. Mm -hmm. So I took the whale to France. It was Antonus Anton Antonus Antonus the man so beautiful Hadrian made him a god, better than some missionary, it ate at Mirazor. Mirazor? I'm sorry for the pronunciation of these words. It ate at Mirazor, the best restaurant in the world, better than cold fried chicken. And when it was all over, I set him in the azure waters of the Mediterranean <laughs> so the whale could return to the sea. A better one than Samuel D. Hunter thought was possible for a 600 pound cake.
0: And what you, you're not seeing here is that he's actually taking a copy of the play yes. and putting it in these various environments, <laughs> like, you know, at the restaurant, at the beach, with the food. With the food. <laughs> Literally sm- he, he's taking the water. play around and then taking these photographs with it. And then there, there's another section where he's taking it, I think back to Provincetown with like the hot gay guys. Well,
2: yeah, because yeah, he forgot to give the 600 pound gay man a gay experience. That's right. And so he had to go to the dick doc <laughs> in <laughs> Provincetown. That's, that's a
0: real place. Don't make fun. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> It's a good, it's, it's a great way to make light of a terrible thing. I'm
1: beginning yeah. to realize how good gays are at naming cruising spots. Like Vaseline Alley behind Circus of Books. Like, I'm, and now Dick Doc. Like, mm. It just slips am, off the tongue, doesn't it? I'm impressed. <laughs> gotcha, Dan. Gotcha.
2: Dan. Gotcha.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I, I very much appreciate this. Being, so uh, Dan and Trevor both are, are the major guy random enthusiasts yes. in the group. And I haven't seen a lot of stuff that he's been a part of, but this was delightful. And there's even a little video of him like taking the book yes. out mm. to out to sea in the in the Mediterranean. <laughs> and then sort of
0: <laughs> Drowning it? Flopping <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. kind of. He he tried to
2: do this like graceful like floating out to sea thing and ended up tripping and kind of just like splashing into the water. Uh so thank you, Guy Brandon. We appreciate the laughs. Yeah. You're awesome. I am um, not going to be watching the whale. Sorry to any listeners who want to review. No, I won't do happen. it. I think I. I, I
0: th- everything that sorry has been said, and all, all the things that Trevor pointed to, all those other articles. Yeah,
1: uh, read those. Read those. If you I, want to review, read those. I will be go see. I will be going to see it for professional reasons. Okay,
2: but, so Don will yeah. be our authority in in the group. I, I
1: feel like we should see it if we're going to speak about it again. But oh, I don't think we should not. We should not I, speak. I about was it. finishing the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <get off it>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some strong feelings in the yeah. room
3: um i one thing i saw that i don't know maybe this will be the little early tip um of someone like you know instead of going to see the whale donate that you know i don't know i'm i oh. i have not been to a movie Eleven two fifty that 11 <laughs> 50 to uh a, a fat rights organization yeah
0: like yeah. uh, maybe, uh, maybe Napa. Spite
2: giving.
3: We, yeah. we, we named this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great thing, spite giving. Spite giving. Um, lots of money been raised that way. <laughs> yeah, so so thank you, guy, Brandon, your yeah. fat watch of the week. And now on to the main subject. For, by the way, 42 minutes in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Christ.
0: Oh, yeah, but we got a half an hour of cutting room floor.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, mentorship, somebody else set this up because I feel like,
0: uh, this was, I think this is my idea. Is it my idea? Probably it was my idea, idea, but
1: you go for it. All right. Well, it was Don's idea. It's actually my idea.
0: It was Don's idea that I copied. (laughs) And what it was is there, there had always been in the gay community, I think it it goes back a long way. So a lot of, a lot of younger listeners may have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, but there was a thing called mentorship. And it was extremely common; stretches back a couple of yeah. thousand years in and, the gay community.
1: And gay, gay mentorship may let's let's give it a couple other labels too, because I think it's gotten a lot of different names in the gay community. Okay, like mentorship is in ba- in in essence usually an older person, but definitely a more experienced person, uh, guiding you through either professional life, personal life, or. Helping you develop yourself in some way. Yeah, because
0: right? usually your family weren't the people to do
1: this. Like, if you're gay, your straight father is not very helpful on this. Nope. Mm-hmm. And we're often those those normal straight mentors, you know, normally straight mentors would step away, like parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what we ended up getting in our community where, like, often they would be called, like, gay parents, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in uh, well, for, a lot of drag communities. Absolutely. It was absolutely. your house mothers or mm-hmm. your mothers or, you know, house fathers. Yep.
0: And also in the chub chaser community, mm-hmm. uh, and I think one of the one of the things that's really missing, at first, you know, the AIDS epidemic took out a whole notch of the population yeah. of gay men, and that meant that's really what kind of destroyed a lot of mentorship, which includes the chub and chaser and uh, gainer encourager communities, where there was really a lack of mentorship, and a lot yeah. of the things that you're seeing now is bad behavior, bad dating behavior a lot of that comes from this lack of mentorship because there was no model you just you were alone in the wilderness and you had to make up your own rules or discover it or you know you and a bunch of other people lash some logs together and you're on a
1: raft mm-hmm. and <laughs> and you hope you don't fall over the waterfall but you don't know where that is but mm-hmm. here we go and i'll be honest like i you know i had gay parents mm-hmm. you know i was very lucky that you know someone was willing to show me the the, the ropes in some way but i like i was completely unaware of chub chaser Mentorship until you started talking about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that existed in this community uh, because it largely didn't. Yeah
0: <laughs> It got taken out.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I mean for me, it wasn't so much Because uh, I was never that much into the in the gay community because I was you know weird and late <laughs> So for me the mentorship happened through boyfriends Mm -hmm. You know, my, my first boyfriend was like, I think nine years older than I was. And he got me to New York. I was just lucky enough to be along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I wouldn't know how to rent an apartment in New York right out of grad school. I mean, (laughs) I had no idea. I I never rented an apartment seriously, Uh, but he did that. And then my, you know, my boyfriend after that was, was four years older. And he was like much more professional than I had ever been in before. Like never been in that environment. He's like, no, you can't wear that. Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. I'll
1: just. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you really, you know, because I was living like a grad student and he's like, okay, we got to stop this. I, I'm curious because one of the things that I've noticed is this, so, like, I feel like mentorship in the gay world was tied a lot to the process of coming out. Mm. Right? When you were coming out is when you would find someone that would tend to show you what that new world you were entering was, mm-hmm. right? And I think my observations have been that over the past 20 years, the need that the nature of coming out has changed a lot. Oh, very definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you come out now, you're not necessarily as condemned to lose your family and your support structures as you once were. So I feel like mentorship in the gay community is sort of dropping off as that happens because people aren't reaching out for new mentors.
0: Maybe. You know? I think it's also that we have forgotten collectively that such a thing is possible or existed.
1: Yeah. Well, and I feel like a lot of people in sort of, like, who could be mentors now, like, so, for example, for me, right? Mm -hmm. Never occurred to me to mentor someone in the Chub Chaser community Mm. until you said it. It just didn't occur to me that that was possible. Oh, yeah. You know, that that was something I could help someone else with. Which maybe seems strange doing the show like this. (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys feel, so, Michael, you know, Trevor. I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel
3: like I definitely have had some mentorship in terms of like Chip Chaser stuff, but I feel like also just kind of like general fat stuff Mm -hmm. from friends and just kind of like navigating that and like figuring stuff out. And then kind of the podcast is also kind of a form of that. I have been more um, cognizant of in
0: more recent times. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I notice in the Gainer Encourager community, gainers are very good about sort of Sharing advice and best practices, and like, oh yeah, you don't want to get with that guy because X, Y, Z. Uh, encouragers, not so much. Mm-hmm. Lone wolves out there trying to figure shit out by bumping into trees, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, one thing. So one you thing that you get talked about. Doing that. Oh my god! <laughs> one thing that you talked about that I feel is unique in the gay community is what is frequently a sexual aspect between mentor and mentee. Like you cited your first mentors as being your boyfriend. Absolutely. And that was something that, like, I always felt uncomfortable with that for myself. Like, I always felt like somehow for me, the mentor-mentee relationship needed to stay away from that. And I'm not entirely sure why I feel that way. I don't think it has to. I
0: just think it needs to be consensual or I wouldn't, I'm not saying that I'm less susceptible to, I don't know, uh, influence than other people. I don't think that's true at all. But I think it just made sense to me. Like what they were saying made sense and what they were, who they were and what they were doing in the world was something that I aspired to. Yeah. And so it made sense to take their word for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, most of what I learned about doing business uh, I got from my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was, he was phenomenal in that way. And you know, I, it, it was definitely something that was attractive about him to me. Mm-hmm. was that he moved in the world in a way that I, you know, aspired to do. And I think that's, that's so common. Uh, it either kept through. And, you know, and, and, you know, I asked him one time, like, where, where did you learn all this? And he said like, oh, from my ex. Yeah. So there was this chain, you know, of like passed down from, through the generations. That does seem to be the case. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, that, I mean, that's almost unheard of now.
1: It's like all, all relationships can trace their lineage back to one relationship in ancient ancient Mesopotamia. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> they're the ones who figured everything well, out. We've
0: all learned yeah. from them. Yeah.
3: I think because there was this like you know kind of lost generation, I feel like that still exists, um, but it's more like okay, well, I can I know how to do X Y Z, and you know how to do X Y Z, so we'll kind of cobble together this yeah. adult dumb from, you know, our shared skills and teach each other. Mm -hmm. Like there's a comic about like, I think it's like supposed to be a bunch of roommates and it's like, I have a Netflix account. And it's like, and I know how, like I'm good at cleaning. I know how to cook. We should be roommates. And it's like together we form a fully functional adult.
0: (laughs) I think too, in, in the kink community, you know, the, in the BDSM world mentorship and even classes we're just so much a part of it. The old guard passing on knowledge to newer, younger members. And I don't see that as much in other communities. Maybe that, be, that might be because the BDSM community is so very visible right now. Yeah. But like, I don't see that happening as much like in Gainer Encourager or in other in other places. I and, think
3: also that the wider acceptance of queer identities kind of shifted that need for Like, obviously, still people lose connections to friends and family or are thrown out of their homes. But I think at a lesser level, so there is not that you you don't see as much of railing from. I mean, you still you do still see it. But I'm saying I think it is different now. And I think also um, the Internet has changed how that happens, Mm. where when normally if, you know, there was a younger queer person who was suddenly on their own. They would probably be getting support from you know the queer community from like the gay bar in town or something. Definitely. Whereas now people are able to get a wider access of support and um, different kinds of support from you know online from whatever communities they're part of. You
0: can Google yeah. it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: I feel like you know I feel I feel like talking about what someone gets from mentorship seems somewhat obvious, right? But. I think that there are really benefits to being a mentor oh, God, yes. that are not necessarily put out towards the gay community to encourage people towards that sort of behavior. And I know for me like associating uh, most of the people that I've mentored in one way or another tend to be younger than me, right? So that relationship brings sort of a new vitality to my life mm-hmm. in that they're exposing me to new things in the culture that I was unfamiliar with. Um, I hate to say it, but helping me keep up with a vernacular that changes faster than I can keep up with on my own. Yes. Yeah, because sometimes the yeah. interweb just isn't enough. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know um, it, it, it is a two-way street. You do get things oh, out absolutely. of it as a mentor that I don't feel like we really help ourselves explore.
0: Well, I mean, that was yeah. that was at the center of my marriage with Trevor. I mean, there are twenty. We are twenty-four years apart. Mm. That is a generation, at least. And I did a lot of teaching, and Trevor, you did a lot of teaching.
3: Um, yeah, lots of flashcards. <laughs> 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 lot of, a, lot of lot of you know, pop culture. We drilled
0: every night.
3: Dan can, uh, <laughs> I think, even make a Simpsons reference here and there now.
1: I can really you know. No, I can't. I can't. So, you know, it's, I feel like it's a beneficial, and especially for older gays that are not going to be having kids, right? Mm. Sometimes that bond can feel, like you can feed that bond in a way that begins to feel very familial. And to me that, you know, that it forms a real closeness. You know, I always talk about found family, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's a really important part of it.
3: Well, I mean, I think the, I think the idea of found family is something that you really see in, you know, queer spaces. And then I think especially there's a lot of that in, you know, Chip Chase world, Gainer Encourager world, just because the more othered you are, the more, uh, the stronger draw there is to find your people. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that's great. And I think, I don't know, we have our little, our little podcast fam. <laughs> I, can't, I, want, I want another family reunion soon. I hope we can yeah. do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So Dan, do you have any tips for people if if they want to find a mentor or if they want to be a mentee or if they, if they want to be a mentor?
2: A Mento like, or a manatee, <laughs> yeah.
0: I or, mean, or. I think it comes in this in this day and age, I think in this day and age it comes from the online world. And yeah. I think where I see it happening organically is... Where, you know, you're following someone, you're following their Twitter, or if you're off Twitter now, you're following their Mastodon, or you're following Instagram, or you're whatever, or, you know, if, if, if anybody's on Facebook still. Um, um,
2: I saw your Mastodon the other day, and I was <laughs> I was fascinated. quite impressive,
0: yeah. Uh, or, I don't know, Squarespace, who knows? So, the, the, the thing of it is, though, you're, you're, you're following somebody... <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I, I like that Michael's like trying to stifle laughter over Squarespace. No, that
2: was Trevor. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't laugh. Um,
0: but the idea being that you're following somebody somewhere, probably online, and hopefully not in real life because that's called stalking. That you know they're saying stuff you like, and you know we we have this thing you know sliding into their DMs. If you comment on what they're talking about, um, mm-hmm. publicly or privately, that's that's fine. That's acceptable. What's what gets weird is when you're like taking it somewhere that they're not publicly about. Like you're talking about something sexual when they're talking politics. But what I'm saying is that you can interact with people in that forum and you will find that, you know, you're already, you're already listening to them and then they begin to have a
1: listening for you. I think that is really key. I just want to underscore the thing you just said. Uh, To me, the clearest and only route to actual mentorship is finding someone who listens to you that you listen to. Yeah. Mm. Right. That's it's all I, about listening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of relationships where it's a talker and a listener, and mm-hmm. that's not, a, and they, they, maybe it works for them, but it's not really a mentorship. Well, relationship. I mean,
0: that was one of my concerns going into a relationship with Trevor was like, I didn't want it because it's 24 years difference. I didn't want to dad him. Yeah. And you I know, didn't want to be dadded. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, because guess what? I, I already had that with my own father, and I knew that was miserable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't want to duplicate that.
1: We have a tip for the day.
0: Um,
3: I mean, I don't know. My tip was, um, I I mentioned this before, and like, because the, the whale's breaching again. And <laughs> if you're not up for that, drown just, it, and, you know, uh, donate whatever money, uh, you would spend on a ticket to a fat rights organization. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. I, I do wonder, has a, a whale must have drowned before? Right. Being that they're air breathers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Animals. At
2: some point. Oh, that's so
3: sad. Anyway. <sighs>
1: Thank well, you,
0: Mother. Now <laughs> on to the bit. Yeah.
3: Don, please tell me we have a bit. We do
1: have a bit. We're going to have a fun bit today. All right. <laughs> so, sure hope so today's bit, I'm going to give you a choice of four different mentors. And then you're going to tell me which mentor you would like and why. As quickly as possible. Don't think about it. Just spit it out. Okay. All right. So, of these four mentors, who do you think would be best for you and why? Mm-hmm. John Milton, uh, oh. who is Al Pacino from The Devil's Advocate. Oh, I thought you meant the author. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine slash the Emperor from oh, Star God. Wars. <laughs> John Creese, aka the, uh, the evil mentor from Karate Kid slash Cobra Kai. Oh. Or Hannibal Lecter <laughs> from Silence of the Lambs. He can cook.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, right away for me, Palpatine. Palpatine? Okay, yeah. why? Why do you want the um, Emperor's? Because oh. quotes...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited.
3: And often I think of... Do, <laughs> do it.
1: Do it.
0: Yeah, Trevor quotes that man at least once a day.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you already are mentioned yeah. by okay, right. Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah, pretty much. All right.
0: Dan? Uh, I have to go with John Milton, both the oh. author and the character. Um... <laughs> I would prefer the author, but that's okay. Uh, no, I love I love that character. I love how he is brought to life by Al Pacino. Uh, I've been actually because I'm teaching a class uh, in in monologues and dramatic writing. I've been researching monologues, and of course, John Milton has that brilliant monologue. Many. But there's one that's like I'm a fan of man. And I love that speech. I love that. I was here. I was down on the ground with my nose in it since it all began. Um, it's it's glorious. It's glorious. And right. uh, <laughs> Yeah. Michael.
2: Um I guess I would go with Palpatine as well. Oh, we uh, got a lot of love for the Emperor. Today. M- well, mostly because if 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 he were my mentor, it would mean that I would be a Jedi.
0: Oh, uh, or a would Sith.
2: It? I mean, it he would wouldn't mean care you're about a Sith. me. <laughs> Well, but, but with force powers, I don't care about that. <laughs> no. Like, oh, I don't man. care. Jedi are boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I want the force powers. I don't want the morality.
1: We're going to make a t-shirt with Michael's oh, face on there saying uh, Jedi are boring.
2: I want to be the gray. Yeah, I, there's a term for them. I can't remember. But the in-between. Non- the gray Jedi. Jedi. Non-Sith. Uh, yeah.
0: What about those cool black and white facial tattoos? I think
1: that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next set of choices. Number one. Mufasa. From The Lion King. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Number two, Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. Number three, Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Or four, Jack Donahue from 30 Rock.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what Michael will pick. Can you figure out the themes? I'm actually torn. Each of these groupings has a theme.
2: Okay. I'm I'm torn because uh, Jack is a good mentor for certain things. However, Mr. Miyagi is just a good mentor across the board. Oh, that
0: sounds exhausting. <laughs> You're gonna paint so many. There's goddamn a lot
2: fences. of fences. There's a lot of uh, chores involved. Yeah, no, yeah. that's but no. he also shows up and kicks the shit out of the guys who are trying to kill you. So, like, that's pretty good too. I, I want Giles because I don't know because
3: I'm Buffy. I, then I get to be Buffy, and <laughs> I uh, get to raz him a lot. He's good. He's good at ra- a good like person to raz. And raz target. He's get good at
0: getting razzed. Yeah, yeah. I, I identify too much with Giles, but go. I would pick him <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you settle on one, Michael? Or?
0: I, I think I would go for Mr. Miyagi, actually. All
1: right. All right. <laughs> uh, last grouping. Mary Poppins, mm. Moraine from The Wheel of Time, mm. Diane Lockhart from The Good Wife, or Princess Leia?
0: Uh Princess Leia, because I don't know the middle two. And uh <laughs> Mary poppins just has that English stick up her ass.
2: She does, especially if you're going from the books. Yeah. 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 Oh wait, okay, hold on. Yeah. She's Which terrified of the books.
1: Mary poppins, I was going the book, from here. the movie. Yeah, I was going from the movie. Hmm. I have not read the book.
2: I I'm gonna go with uh Princess Leia as well. Because she I, would be so cool. Yeah. She would just be kicking ass and being like, do your thing.
0: And Carrie Fisher. And yeah. Carrie Fisher
3: is yeah. badass. I'm torn between Carrie, F- uh, no, actually, um, uh, <laughs> Leia, like, and Mary Poppins. Are you really? But because I think they'd be very different. But I feel like Leia would be more laid back. Like Mary Poppins would like make it fun. She'd wrap but it would your be knuckles and like, like spit Yeah, it would just be kind do of your like, choice. I like. I don't. I get it. I'm on the ceiling. I'll do the thing. Just let me down now.
0: I'll tell you this thing. That you know, I don't think. I don't think Mary Poppins is fetching your little Debbie cake, Trevor. <laughs> no, she'd the be thing like, about
2: Mary Poppins is like, she could do it all with magic, but she's going to make you do it yeah. with, and like do magic while doing it. Like sing a song like, well, the, the treat will be more sweet.
3: And, <laughs> wait, I think that's from the Simpsons thing. It's like the treat will be more sweet. If you get up off your feet or on your feet, I don't want to do that. I yeah, want no, Trevor's
0: very anti so, on your feet.
3: <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Leah. Okay. All right. Well, we figured that out. <laughs> I see. I if hold on, Leo would be like, "Hold on,
2: I'll take care of this kid." Damn,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so fucking true.
2: <laughs> um, Trevor, if people want to let us know who their mentors would or could be, where can they let us know the answers to that? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Pod. We're on Facebook as
3: the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. We also got some nice reviews. Thank you. Yeah. Um, see support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash BigFatGayPod. See the articles we talk about at www.BigFatGayPod.com. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
3: Nailed it. Nailed
0: it. Uh, stuck the landing.
3: Maybe you are, um, you're on your way to the theater with your mentor. Maybe it's... Ooh.
2: It's Mary Poppins, because that sounds like about right. <laughs> and the article was set in London, even though we didn't actually talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the,
3: the seats, they're too tiny. And Mary Poppins is like, oh, Pip, Pip, don't worry about this. I got it. And uh, she, <laughs> she reaches in her bag and pulls out two big comfy chairs. But I'm already on them. So <laughs> watch out. <laughs> they, they pop those
2: and popping. I don't know why they were inflated in my head.